It's Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. I'm Andrea Sassou, Toronto's host for Canada's Podcast, Nation's number one entrepreneurial network. Today, I have a great pleasure to be joined by Mohamed Fakif. He's an entrepreneur, he's a CEO of Paramount Foods and chairman of Fakif Foundation. Mohamed, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to have you. We know you're busy, especially because we're doing this interview um, in the midst of uh, Corona uh, epidemic. And uh, I know your operations have been very busy. So thank you for taking the time to speak to us. No, it's very important to speak to, to you here. And especially during this, because we need to send a message of positivity that nothing, including a pandemic like this, will stop us from socializing. Yes, we will keep physical distancing but we're not divided uh, except physically, not in spirit at all. So we need to continue doing things like this because people need more positivity and good stories out there. I love it. And that's why I admire you so much. Uh, I've been following you on social media. You, unlike uh, some of the other entrepreneurs uh, who, who have large uh, businesses and are also busy at this time, you actually engage with your um, with your audience, which I admire a lot, you take the time to respond to keep the the positive message going. Uh, so it's really special for me to be able to interview you today, and especially at times like this. So, Mohammed, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? I did a brief introduction, but a little bit about your uh, journey as an entrepreneur. Well, I came to to Canada 20 years ago. We're close to $1,200 in my pocket. I came straight from Lebanon, but uh, I had to spend, uh, I lived through the civil war. That's why for me, what's happening now is something that it's less than what I went through and not underestimating what's going on, but it makes me want to tell the world my story and tell people that it's okay. We're going to be coming out of this and we're going to be rebuilding our country and hiring more people very soon. And the light will it's very difficult to see the light now, but the light will come for sure. I promise you all. So, uh, yeah, I came here, uh, went to uh, Italy when I was 16. I studied, I became a gemologist. So I'm a gemologist, an expert of diamonds that sells shawarma. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yes, I am. Uh, and um, spent big time of my life, like around nine years in Italy, went back to Lebanon because my parents thought that would be great if I can come back and build a business back there. And I believed that the war will end, but it wasn't true. <laughs> as soon as I started my business in Lebanon, the war restarted again. So I realized that I couldn't have a plan for longer than six months there, and I couldn't do that. So I came to Toronto to see a friend, and I fell in love. I fell in love with the way the people are. For me, all my life is all about people. It's not about walls. It's not about company. I'm someone that truly believes people, purpose, and planet come before a prophet, and the prophet will follow. And if you look after your people, if you look after the planet, and if you run a company with a lot of purpose, the prophet for sure will follow because everyone wants to support you. So when I came here and I saw the people, how nice they are, how welcoming Canadians are, I felt like this is the right place, even if I came just to visit a friend. I felt like... I want to be here for, yeah, much longer. I wanted to stay. You're right. Sorry, I didn't hear you properly. And um, and then I applied through a lawyer and uh, through my paperwork. As soon as I got the permit to work, 
I went and I applied at the jewelry store and people won't hire me because they said I don't have Canadian experience. Which is what a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of immigrants are facing today, unfortunately. Well, I hope it's less today. We're trying, but yes, they're still facing that. And I don't understand why us Canadians feel international experiences are less worthy. And talking about the pandemic, I saw the article that I posted a couple of days ago uh, about the Syrian doctors and nurses that jumped to help Germany. They were refugees, immigrants, that they were not licensed as the doctors and nurses. But all of a sudden, when there is a problem, they allow them to work and they it was their dream to serve the country that welcomed them and helped them. And now they've become almost 40% of the medical support for Germany. So that shows us maybe we should ease a little bit the rules and or maybe create a fast process for them, for those doctors not to become, and not to put down taxi drivers. Every job is, is important and every person has the freedom to choose what they want to become. But instead of a doctor, all their life wanting to be a doctor, doing different jobs, including working at Paramount. We want those doctors to stay doctors, and we need to find a way to make it easier for them. So I had to work in a coffee shop. I worked at Tim Horton for five days, but it wasn't what I wanted. I didn't think that's where the environment I wanted. And uh, then uh, I worked at Coffee Time. And meanwhile, I walked to the eating center, and I walked to a jewelry store that always told me that they won't hire me, and I offered them to hire me for free. So I had to work for free, and he agreed. So he hired me for free, and I called it volunteering to make me feel better. So I worked for free for around six months until the jewelry store across the street saw my worth and came offer me a paid job. But in that time, at the time I was working for free, I had to teach the landlord's daughter French to pay the rent in a basement apartment. I lived in a shared basement apartment. And with the three people, then it got better. It became two people, then one. Then I was left alone. I guess I'm a bad roommate, but that's what happened. And I had to teach a French to the daughter, uh, the landlord's daughter to pay the rent. I had zero cash on my pocket. And I was working at night, a night shift in Danforth for coffee time at uh, one of the franchisees of coffee time that did me a favor and hired me for night shift. Because during the day, I wanted to prove myself in my and what I studied, which is being a gemologist and a diamond expert. Right. And it went for long with very little sleeping. So when I wasn't sleeping, I was working very, like pretty much, taking the TCC, rushing always between jobs, until this uh, jewelry place, watch place, La Swiss, saw my work and gave me a paid job. And uh, stayed there for four or five months. Then a lady walked in to buy a very expensive watch. I told her it's not the right watch for her. I gave her a watch it cheaper, even if the, the commission of that watch would have bought me my first car or gave me a deposit for a car. I preferred to be honest with her. She left. She appreciated that. She came back and she told me the story that she owned two small jewelry shops and she wanted me to manage them. Wow. <laughs> so I said no because I was worried that the shops were too small. And she wouldn't be able to afford my salary. And then she turned around and came back and said, what if we open more? Then I proposed to her to give me a what we call a sweat equity, basically partnership for my work and instead of money. And she said no in the beginning. Then she said yes. So that was the first time I ever owned anything in Canada. With no money, she gave me a small piece of the business. She did me a big, a huge favor. But for we grew the company from there. She understood my work. And 
I didn't let her down. We grew the company to four or five locations together. And when she wanted to get out of the business for health issues, she helped me buy two out of the five locations. And from there, I started growing my business. I got involved with a swatch. A lot of the swatch kiosks you see around the city are mine, were mine at the time. Wow, I didn't know that. And then after a while, I sold them, stopped the jewelry business because that's where I walked into Paramount. And I started focusing more on Paramount. Meanwhile, one day I was at the jewelry store and somebody asked me to help them to build their house. So I got involved a little bit in construction and building homes. And we got some media. And that's how, when I walked to Paramount, my wife called me and said, we need some baklava. So I walked to Paramount to buy kilo baklava for my family because we had some guests coming over. And uh, we had some media uh, because of the house we built. So as soon as I walked into Paramount, was behind this police station industrial area was nothing paramount about the place. Like the walls were <laughs> orange and white and the washroom's handle was broken, like it was horrible experience. So I walked to the counter, I ordered kilo baklava and uh, the, the man that owned it was an amazing human being, very nice, very sweet. He said, I've seen you on the media and uh, would you help me? I need a loan because otherwise by Thursday we'll bankrupt the company. And me and my 15 of my 16 of my staff and their family will be kicked out of the country. So that's where I stopped. You know, one of those things that people will ask you for, you did, you were not expecting, but you really didn't want to deal with the problem, but you can't not deal with it anymore because of you, who you are, what you stand for. Yes. I handed him my card. In my heart, I'm like, I hope he loses it because I don't know. I just walked in for a baklava. I don't know what happened. <laughs> he had good baklava. That's all there was to it. So basically, I left with my kilo baklava and a request of quarter million dollar loan. And I said, I'll let you know. I'll think about it. And then I got to the car and it did hit me. I said, wasn't that me? Like I came here, Canadian helped me, stood by me, made me who I am today. And now I need to decide who I want to be. What is it when it's going to come to my money and it hit my pocket? I'm going to be different. Am I a lip service person or I'm going to be that person? that stands up for people, with people, beside people like Canadians stood up for me. And in that day, I made a decision who I wanted to be. I wanted to be the guy that really struggled during the Civil War and never shied away from helping people, even if there were bullets flying around. Grew up in a family where Sadaka, which is voluntarily giving, was part of our life. Every single day, my mom had a box, shoebox, in front of the door, and she used to give us $5.00 before we go to school to spend on sandwiches and she used to ask us to put a 25 cent in that box. Wow. So I lived and I grew up in a family where we believe where it just will not make sense to probably KPMG or to Ernst & Young, what I will say to you now, but more you give, more you make. I, I agree with that philosophy as well. And, uh, and, and that's how I have been living my life as well. So I, I completely understand. It may not be a philosophy that everybody will agree with, but those who do will understand what it's about. So from there, I actually called it, called him and I said, uh, give me another hour with you. I want to understand more. Invited him over, over and I ended up lending, lending him the money. Wow. I didn't have that money, all of it. So I had to carve it out of my other businesses and take a small loan as well. But I still wanted to help him because 
I thought that was a call to action. So basically what happened is, and that was very important, that I lended him the money three days after he calls me and said the money is gone. I said, how come? He said, well, I didn't know what Revenue Canada, you know, sees my account because I haven't paid taxes or like source deductions for the staff. And I didn't know that I need to. This is why I always say we do not need only to integrate people to come here to work. We need to integrate entrepreneurs and don't let them spend their money or invest their money in Canada before they learn the rules of how to open a business. What are the things that they need to do before they invest their money and before they lose it? Because when they lose their money, we lose an opportunity so that we all could actually turn that business to a hiring business, paying tax business and all. I agree. So I came back, met him here, and he, I said to him, look, on the way in, I saw his chef, some of them were crying. They asked me if I was the guy coming to shut down the business. I said, no, I'm the guy who's coming to see what happened with his money that I lost. <laughs> right. So um, I walked in and I said, what if we turn this to a only restaurant? Like, forget about everything we doing. Forget about all the coffee beans thing. We'll do baklava and food. And the staff said, yeah, that's a great idea. I said, but look, I've never, I don't know how to fry an egg. So unless you all buy into this and we need to understand that we could fail, I'm not here to make a profit. And, you know, for me it was that aha moment because number one, I'm a different type of a CEO. I always say I'm more a staffer dressed up in a CEO. I like it because I think I'll never think as a CEO, oh, it's all about the bottom line and profit. The bottom line for me, like I said, is people, it's purpose, it's a planet, and the profits will follow. So the, I, I call it, we call it quadruple bottom line, and I truly believe in it. And now there's more people talking about it. A lot of it, maybe some of them lip service, but that's great because things start like this. People talk about something, but then they start thinking, maybe we sh- I should actually do it because maybe it's true. It's the profitable thing to do. It's not only the right thing to do. And I, from here, I tell you, it is the profitable thing to do. It is the right thing to do. In a world where talents are the biggest asset, in a world where people actually interview their bosses, interview their CEOs to see if they're the right fit for their for the culture they want to live in. I think purpose, people, and planet will lead to profit and will lead to the success of the company, especially when people and purpose come first and definitely planet. So I told them, unless we all, unless you buy in, unless you feel that this is your business, that's why we're opening it. But the aha moment was for me, like I'm one of those business people that it has to fill the spot of who I am, what I stand for, for me to enjoy a business I'm doing. So if you tell me there is a bunch of uh, cell phone now that I can sell and I'll make $2 million, it doesn't excite me. <laughs> right. It has to be something that, that's close to your heart, that where you see yourself in. Yeah. I, it has to be something that makes us part of something bigger than ourselves. And that's why I always say when we hire an executive, I say, welcome to the Paramount Move. I don't say to company. I don't say to a restaurant chain. I think Paramount is a movement where we can set an example that you could be successful and compassionate. You could be doing very well while you're looking after the most vulnerable. You could really believe that you will not be as successful or happy 
happiness is measured differently because people say, oh yeah, he has more money than he's more successful. Or, or she has more money or she studied more than you and she's more successful. But happiness is measured by everyone what's winning for them. And the definition of winning for everyone is different. For people winning is you don't have to win. Or for people winning, you don't have to win alone. We win together. And for some people, winning is only if I win alone and I'm the only guy crossing the line. Or let's cross it together. So there is several like ways of handling this or or a school of thought to approach this. And for me, Paramount, you know, it was the aha moment is like a three ways. I did experience a lot of people looking at me like I'm not as worthy as others. Number two, a lot of people didn't believe immigrants are a positive, they, they bring a positive impact to this country. Or at least some of them, they thought or they're putting out that. Three, Middle Eastern and Muslims had bad, basically, reputation in the media right. <laughs> at the time when I arrived. Right. So it was all together. And it was the food part where the food has something special in every community, in every background, in every religion, the food to bring people together. I, I agree. And, and I think you won the hearts of the Canadians with the food. Uh, you know, I, I love eating and ordering in uh, from Paramount and, and sitting down in the locations itself, you know, before the epidemic. Um, so I think bringing people together with the food, you've done it so well. Uh, and you, you call it a movement. Uh, the movement has worked. And today, how many locations do you have, Mohammed? We're around the world, around uh, 78. So you're not only located in Canada, which is what I read about you. You actually expanded uh, to have locations back home uh, in Lebanon. Yeah, and we are as well in the UK. We are in Africa, in Cote d'Ivoire, Ivory Coast. We are in the U.S. That is that is an enormous success uh, from an immigrant. My my background is very similar to you. Um, I was in a civil war as well. Uh, from an immigrant coming to Canada, wanting to contribute something positive to the Canadian society and creating a movement, but actually giving back. Uh, so, yes, you're a very successful entrepreneur. You engage uh, with people. You give back, but I. But I like to focus on the fact that you give back as well. And I know you give back through uh, the foundation you have, the Keith Foundation. Would you mind telling our listeners a little bit more about some of the things that you do through the foundation to give back and why you do it? Well, I mean, before the foundation, we start giving back even when we didn't have money. So we start giving back by actually, you know, cooking some of our food to some of the shelters, food banks. And it started even based on one family help, one person's help, giving a job to someone that is really in need of the job, even if they were not the first people basically to, to, to as a skill, but we decided to invest in them. So the idea of giving back and more you give, more you make has been always around Paramount and part of our DNA. And people actually come to work at Paramount beside me because of a culture of giving back to the community, because it makes them more proud to go back home and justify why they put the extra hours or the effort. And they make them proud to see that they are part of a movement that actually 
does not only celebrate its own success, but a bigger scale success that affects every single one of us, especially the most vulnerable. So it's been always on our mind is diversity, diversifying our health. It's been always top mind, basically. Our company, yes, is owned by a Muslim immigrant Lebanese, but we help churches, we help synagogues, we help uh, general Canadian, like, Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, walk a mile in her shoes. I've walked with high heels to defend women's rights and uh, abuse women. We do Sikkim's Hospital, Islamic Relief Canada, uh, Seeds of Hope, which is owned by a church. Like, we diversify our involvement because this is a Canadian company. And I always say diversity is a fact and inclusion is a choice. So including everyone on every table, making, like the Pope said, making our table, table longer so we all can fit, including women in the top of jobs in our country, in our company. It's our choice. And Paramount has made the choice. I'm the only Mohammed in my head office. People at Paramount are from different backgrounds, different religions. We hire for skills. We hire and proud to hire as a Canadian company, Canadians from all backgrounds. And we welcome them all on the table. And all tables, executive table, decision-making table. And that's why the, the same way our support to the community. And from someone that started as a child putting 25 cents in the shoe box called Sadaka box, which is the voluntarily giving, of course, it's going to be part of our DNA giving back to the community. Look, you can't succeed alone. There is no way whoever thinks, and even coronavirus has approved to all of us, we're only as successful as the least fortunate in our country and our community. We're only as healthy as the least healthy out of all of us. Hopefully, after all this, we all realize that we will only win when we win together. And we only go back to our real life and be happy when we are all happy and where we all have the necessity that we enjoy ourselves, make it available and work hard to make it available to the least fortunate, the least blessed in our community. Help others. Because now today, a young starting restaurant worker cleaner or a hospital cleaner could affect the richest, the most <laughs> successful person in our community. And a homeless could affect the most blessed, successful, rich, smart, educated, any, pick one of those. So us forgetting about the most vulnerable, us forgetting about the less, less lucky or less blessed of our community or anybody that's in need of anything, doesn't have to be money. It just makes us blind. And hopefully we couldn't have been punched in the face. Like Tyson said, we all had a plan until we got punched in the face. And we did have a plan. We thought we had a plan and we got punched in the face. So we better wake up and look after those people. Hopefully we realize that our life will never be safe. And if you feel like, oh, I'm secured, I'm well up. You're only well up if the least lucky and least fortunate in our community is well up. And you, you uh, really are, when you talk about we're all the same and, you know, the effects of uh, COVID-19 uh, right now that we're fighting on a global level, 
you as the CEO of Paramount Foods have been working hard to give back to those to those that are on the front lines. So doctors, nurses, can you tell me a little bit about I already know, but maybe the listeners are not aware about some of the things that you have been doing in, in terms of providing the food and, uh, you know, discounts available uh, for people that have to order in and also for people that are on the front line. Well, uh, immediately as soon as it started, we actually provided, well, we've been for the last 12 years of providing 50% to all the EMS and police services discount because these people put their life at risk for our safety and for us to be able to go to work, our children to go to school. So for the last, since Paramount inception, that was implemented 50% to all EMS. So all what we did is expanded that to all the frontline heroes that they're making our children safe, our family safe, our community safe, and our country safe. They're doing us a favor to accept that. I always say people honor you when they give you the opportunity to do that, I think. They honor you to give you the opportunity to help others. They honor you to pick you out of the rest of the world. And a lot of people in our community wants to do that, I think. You're honored when you're picked. You're not doing anyone a favor. So that's number one. Number two, we are actually, we put a shout out to a lot of the food banks and shelter, and we're cooking hundreds of meals daily. Uh, we partner with uh, Chef Yager as well, and uh, Amira Rahmatullah, and we did a cook of a thousand meal as well for them. For the, again, for the most vulnerable of the community. So every day, every single day, we are using our kitchen to cook hundreds of meals since the pandemic has started. And again, there is no favor that we're doing to anyone. It's actually, we're, I truly believe, and, and I spoke to my mom yesterday, and she said, look, why is everyone is worried? If your ship had something to do to benefit others, we'll never sink. Your business will never go under. When your ship, when your business has benefited and part of the DNA of your business has to look after the, the, needed, the, the people in need, the most vulnerable, that ship, that business will never shut down. And I truly believe that. I know it doesn't make sense in business bottom line and P&L and, and cash flow summary and all the business rules that everybody believes in and the pen and papers and all that Excel sheet that we learned and the Apple apps, it doesn't, but trust me, it does. The bottom line is people are doing me a favor when they accept us to cook for them. The, the do medical doctor, the frontline heroes are doing me a favor to accept my 50% discount to them and allowing me to send meal to the hospital some days that we actually dedicate some hospital and send them meal, right? So, and so we're very honored and proud to show. And the most important move we just did like, despite the fact some of the businesses were hearing, you know, this person increased the price, the other company saying that they were, we actually dropped our prices. We actually made a crazy move on discounting our menu, and we launched something called Dare to Care. So you need to be daring to care about people. And in the time where our sales went down 60 70%, because half of our location are shut down due to where they are located, in malls and hotels, and sorry, in the airport. Despite that fact, what we did, we decided to actually launch a menu because we, as Paramount, understand what cash flow means to people. We know as well as anyone that the next few months are going to be very challenging for Canadian families. Yes. And their dollars need to be stretching so far. And that's why we were very proud to announce our new pricing 
the 7.99 became $5 and the 18 and 17 and 19.99 became $15. So we make sure we actually have available great food, fresh food, clean food to Canadian families and help from our side. And it was very difficult to convince our franchisee why in the time where our sales has decimated, we're going to do this. And let me tell you, again, it's the profitable thing to do because people are supporting, people are understanding why we're doing it. We're only going to win. It goes down to one thing. If you think winning is alone, we expect one way and a type of action. At Paramount, we believe we only win if we win together. Wonderful. And you found a way to innovate. So instead of, you know, a lot of uh, restaurants uh, are closing down or have closed down, you found a way to be able to give back to the community as you always have, but also be able to survive in, in the current situation that we're at as, as an entrepreneur. So you're putting the good together, together uh, with still maintaining a business and a healthy business. Well, let me tell you something. There is a place, there is a, an old restaurant in Beirut called Barbar, and any Lebanese will laugh or smile when they hear the story. And this is a place, the militia that used to be fighting in Lebanon during the civil war, they used to actually have our slots that the first part of the war come either from 5 p.m. to 7, the other part come from 8 to 10. But they're both going to eat there because that was the only restaurant during the war, the bombs, the bullets flying, he stayed open. Wow. And we grew up with that name in our mind. We grew up loyal to that name of a place. And when people ask me, why are you open with those minimal sales? I say, I want my name to be engraved in Canadians' mind that I am better certain that stayed open to serve them when they wanted food. And I truly do. I love this country. I love its people. It breaks my heart seeing Canadians dying. It does break my heart. It made me cry so many nights, understanding that, you know, there is a lot of lives that is being tortured and by, by being home and, and seeing their family members or, or, or the flower that people put in front of the senior home that, that lost 10 Canadians a couple of days ago yesterday. It broke my heart, those, those children that can't go see their parents and they know that there's only the wall between them and their alive parents and those alive parents like could die any moment. It broke my heart. Honestly, it does. And I want to be that company. I want to be that company that will say, we're beside you. It's not about profit. There is no restaurant making any profit these days. It's about standing beside the community that supported you when you were doing well. It's all give and take in life. I think in this period, it will show who we really are as people, as a human. And I hope Paramount will really show the real Paramount DNA and personality to people. And to all Canadians, I want to say something. You have made magic. I'm one of the things that Canadians have made. You made me who I am. I know it's tough out there for you. I know it's a very difficult time for you. I know it's very difficult to see the light. But trust me, the light will come. I lived in bunkers, dark bunkers. We're living in homes. I had to be a couple times stuck in places, separated from my family. We are with our children at home. Don't lose hope. 
Canada will always be a place of hope for everyone and will continue to be. So the light will come. And like my dad used to say when we came up of the bunker, I can't wait to build more businesses. I can't wait to build more homes. He used to build homes. I can't wait to hire back my team and build this country again. And from here, I tell you, you have made people's life better. You have made me who I am today, and I'm very appreciative. Believe in this beautiful country. I do. We'll come back. We'll come out of this. And the light will come. New day will come, and we will greet it together. We'll celebrate it together. We'll open the doors of our houses. We'll walk out, give a hug to our neighbors. We'll feel it better. We'll feel better. We'll appreciate it better. We'll come out to restaurants. And we'll celebrate more when we are there because now we know the value of the people that we surround ourselves with. So stay positive. Like coronavirus will go, but what should remain is us understanding how important is our social solidarity and cohesion and, and how important it is for us to have a friend surrounding us and how important for us to really help the people most in need and never forget them and make them part of our celebration when we do well in life. Like when we, you do a good business deal, take a percentage of it and give it back to the community. Because we just realized that we need to build more community within our community and we need to more appreciate to have a community. And that's very important. Mohammed, I love your message. I love, I love everything about you as an entrepreneur and you're a true uh, example of an immigrant that came to Canada, uh, made a successful story uh, for himself, but it is also now giving back and lending a hand to other immigrants and other Canadians in the process. So, uh, Mohammed, thank you for your time. I wish you all the best and uh, keep giving back just like as you do now. Thank you very much. And I'm sure I see what you do as well. We're very proud of you. And thank you. I always say we become what we celebrate. And when we celebrate success, we are we basically telling other people to succeed, push them to succeed. I'm telling you all, we'll come out of this as always Canada did, a place of hope for the rest of the world. And hopefully we will all, and we will only do it when we do it together. Thank you again. Have a great day and be safe, please. Um, and again, I'm Andrea Sassoon, your Toronto's host for Canada's podcast, Nation's number one neural network.